Masechet Ketubot Tafnon He. The Mishnah mentioned that there's a base amount of 100 or 200 zoos in the Ketubah, but if someone wants to, they can add even 10,000 more. The sky's the limit they're allowed to add. Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah does make a distinction, however, between the base amount and the added amount, uh, that if they only had a Kiddushin, and then the marriage ended uh, by de- death or divorce, um, then the man or his estate would have to pay only the base amount, but would not have to pay, not, would not have to pay the added amount. That's Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah. But that means that Tanakama would say, even after Kiddushin, you would still have to pay the entire amount. So we saw the Mishnah. The Gemara already asks, isn't this obvious? If someone wants to give more money, shouldn't they be able to give more money? And I said, no, we answered that. Uh, perhaps you would have thought the rabbis would make a standard amount for everyone so as not to embarrass someone who can't afford as much as the next guy. Uh, but we do not say that. Rather, each person can uh, use his funds and express his uh, commitment to his wife by giving more if he wants to. Okay, good. Now uh, we're going to learn something added about that. Im lehosif. Now, interestingly, um, the language of the Mishnah says if he wanted to add. It doesn't say if he wants to write, but rather if he wanted to add something. What, what's, what's, the, what, what's the significance of that language? If it said he, if he wants to write, that would sound like he's writing a separate document. Here's a kitubah, this is 100 or 200, and then he writes another document, a different a side obligation that I'm also going to pay $10,000. But it doesn't say that. Rather, it says, Lehosif, he's adding to what the marriage contract Kitubah already said, which means that the added amount is considered an integral part of the Kitubah and is going to be treated the same as the base amount. This supports the statement of Rabbi Aibu in the name of Rabbi Anai that the, a condition of the Kitubah is like the Kitubah itself, that the same rules will apply to both. Now, his language is Tanai Ketubah, which means a, um, a stipulation. It's a good question whether this applies to all the stipulations that are in the Ketubah. There are many of them. Are they all, do they all, tre- are they all treated the same as the Ketubah itself? Actually not. For example, the Benin Dichrin, when the sons who can inherit the dowry from, of that was, uh, uh, given that the uh, sons can inherit the Ketubah, uh, but while a wife who gets a Ketubah payout can collect from, uh, from land that was already sold, uh, since the Ketubah, um, cause it all had a lien on it to pay the wife. But if the payout is to the sons, then the sons can only collect from available land, not from land that the husband had their father had already sold. So there are actually some differences. Maybe to be and I disputed that and said that it's the same in all cases. Maybe not. But in any case, the point that we're making now simply is that the added amount, the base amount of 100 and 200, and the added amount have the same laws. Okay, um, so now this is, and that's, we know that from the language here. Now, why is that important to know that they have the same laws? What will be the practical effect of knowing that the added amount of the extra 10,000 and the base amount of 100 or 200 are treated the same? We're now going to list 14 different items uh, in which we would want to know this that we might have thought otherwise. Nafkamina le mochelet ul mochelet. 
If a woman sells the right to collect a ketubah or foregoes the right to collect a ketubah, says, you don't have to pay me, then she will have sold or um, forgiven not only the base amount, but also the added amount of whatever it is, 10,000. If a woman is a rebellious wife, meaning she's not fulfilling her wifely duties, then we penalize her and we deduct from the amount of the ketubah each week until there's nothing left. And so we'll deduct not only from the base amount, but also from the added amount. If, someone, uh, if, if a wife uh, admits that she received partial payment, but not the whole payment of her ketubah, so she's making a pagama blemish in her claim, she has to give an oath in order to um, collect the rest. This is true not only for the base amount, but also the added amount. Uh, she would have to take an oath in order to uh, collect the added amount. Letova'at. If, uh, if a woman uh, demands her marriage, her, her ketubah payout, we saw earlier that, that then if she, once she comes to Betin and demands the payout, she loses the mizonot. She no longer will be sustained regularly. And this is true whether she demands just the base amount or the added amount. Lovedet al-dat, woman who goes against the halakha. She's not keeping halakha. She's uh, serving non-kosher food, not following nida, not doing things in a way uh, that will allow them to remain married. So it's her fault that she is leaving, the leaving that the divorce has to happen. She uh, will uh, no longer uh, get the her ketubah payout, not the base amount and not the added amount. Leshevach, if... The, um, uh, the, when the man dies, the husband dies, there's not sufficient money in the inheritance to pay off the ketubah. So she's not going to be paid in full. If it goes to the uh, orphans, and now the orphan, orphans increase the value in the meantime, and now maybe the payout doesn't happen right away, maybe the payout happens 10 years later, and by then now it's increased. Does she get more? The answer is no. She will only get a payout that the um, inheritance could have afforded at the time of the husband's death, and that is true both for the base amount and for the added um, the added amount. Lishbu'ah, if there's any case where the wife has to make an oath in order to receive the marriage contract, she will need to make an oath both for the base amount and for the added amount. Lashiv'it, the sabbatical year, which we're about to ha- is about to happen in uh, less than a month from now, is the end of the sabbatical year when, um, when debts are forgiven. That's true regarding personal debts, but does, that does not... Uh, apply to a ketubah, otherwise every marriage that's more than seven years uh, will um, be, the ketubah will be annulled. So the shivit year does not annul the base amount, it also does not annul the uh, the added amount. If someone writes a document and says, I want to give all my property to my sons, and except for one one little field, then that will be for the ketubah. Then she will receive um, that field, and that will be uh, used to pay off not only the, the the base amount, but also the additional amount of the ketubah. Ligbot mina karka umina ziburit. Ketubah payments are paid from land. And that's true for both the base amount and the added amount. And if she comes and collects land, she has a right only to inferior quality land for different types of payouts, like for damages, 
when someone pays for damages of land, he has to pay from his best land. Now, even though we're talking about the same amounts, if says damage is worth $1,000 or a ketubah payout worth $1,000, so you'll give either more uh, uh, inferior land or a smaller piece of a higher quality land. So it's going to be the same numerical value. Nevertheless, people generally would prefer higher quality, even if it's less than uh, something lower quality that's more of it. So for ketubah, for damages, you know, we uh, we want to make sure the person is um, uh, who was who got the damage is treated uh, in better, and so he has to get you have to give him the highest amount. Uh, for others, it's middle medium, but for a ketubah, it's sufficient to pay any uh, any type of land, even the inferior quality. And there's another law that if the wife goes back to her father's house. Uh, could be because the husband's house was too small or she's more comfortable in her father's house. That's fine. But once she goes back to her father's house, the clock starts ticking. She has to demand her ketubah payout within 25 years. If she's in her father's house and 25 years pass, then that shows that she forgot about it. She doesn't care. She doesn't want to collect it anymore. This is true for the base amount and for the additional Ketubah amount that he promises her, and finally when we say in the in the ketubah that sons, well, if the wife dies first before the husband, then the her sons with in this from this marriage have a right to receive to collect the ketubah. They collect not only the base amount but also the added amount. And so there you go, that we have uh, 14 different halachot uh, that are going to be the same from the base amount and the added amount. All right, very good. Now, now we're going to have four, we have a lot of lists today, we're going to have four machalokot uh, that are between the sages of Pumbedita and the sages of Mata Mechasya, uh, which is very interesting because a lot of times we have machalokot between individual sages, but it's always a good idea to see which yeshiva that sage is from because sometimes it's not just a machalokot between individuals, but between geographies. So here's the first one, Itmar. Ketubat benin dichrin, that's the thing we just ended on, that the sons get to inherit if their mother dies before their father. Uh, so if there's insufficient funds in the inheritance to pay for the ketubah payout to the sons, do the, do the sons collect from land that was sold? If the husband dies or divorced and the payout is to the wife, then the wife does have a lien on all of the husband's property as since the ketubah was written. And therefore, if he sold land in between, she can go and repossess it. A wife can do that. But what about sons? In Pupadita, they said, no, the sons cannot repossess land because it says the language of inheritance and a peop- uh, uh, kids that inherit or anyone who inherits does not, repos- does not have a right to repossess land to fill out their inheritance. They only get what's available. So to Benin Dichrin, only get what's, what's available. That's what they said in Pupadita. They said, no, they said the opposite, that the sons 
can collect the ketubah payout even from land that had been sold. Because Yisbun Tenan, in their version of the, uh, of the rec- what the Mishnah records as the language of the ketubah, it says they will take the money of the ketubah, not inherit. So take means they owe it's owed to them, and just like the mother could take it, if he, if she was the one that had been divorced when the father was alive, so too the sons can take it when their mother dies first. But the halacha, final halacha, is that they cannot collect from the lien because we have we use the language of inheritance. Um, okay, maybe Rabbi Aibu uh, did not agree with this and said that uh, they can collect from. The uh, from it, and that's why they he said tonight ketubah is like ketubah, um, but it's not clear if you would say that for everything. But in, in this case, we actually do have a live machloket about it. All right, second item: metal tele ve'itnehu be'ainaihu. If there is, um, uh, if there is, are items movable items a vase that's set aside for the payment of the ketubah. And if it's here, right, this was uh, an an item that maybe she brought into the marriage or the the husband wrote down or set aside and said, here, this will be used to pay your ketubah. If it's here, then she, and and then he dies, she can collect it and she doesn't need to take an oath because it's clear to everyone that it's here and it's it's, um, uh, set aside and available for her to take. That everyone agrees to. Let no banai. But what if that vase is not here? Okay, the husband dies, and then on some, you know, in some list somewhere it says that he's going to use this vase, but the vase isn't here. So then what do we do? She doesn't have to take, um, make a, a vow. Well, we can assume that there's uh, some other item, and so we'll replace the uh, vase with some other item of equal worth. said she has to take a vow that she was not already paid with something else. Maybe we suspect that during the marriage, maybe he gave her a gift and said, here, I'm giving you this as partial payment for the ketubah, some item. Uh, and uh, then she already had received it. So therefore, she has to vow. See, if it's the item is here, the vase is, is itself here, we see it on the table, then it's obviously, obviously he did not give it to her because it's here, so she can take it. But if it's not here, then we don't know. Did, she, did he already give it to you? Did he give you something else? Before we make the rest of, uh, the, pay, the, rest of the payout, you have to swear. Halacha follows that she does not have to swear. If he set aside a certain amount of land, and he said, this is going to be for the ketubah. He wrote it down. He said, here, this land, these four sides, that will be for your ketubah payment. So if he dies, she can take that without making an oath. It's clear what he meant. But what if he wrote down only one of the borders? It's not really clear what he means by that. When you write down one border, do you mean, uh, right? Uh, let's say there's a lot of room from this, from that one border to the other edge, but only a little bit of room to that border on the other side. Do you mean the bigger part of it, the smaller part of it? How long? So, pumpedita amre belo shevuah. She does not uh, um, need to make a shevuah, but rather she is believed to say it's this amount, and she gets it. 
No, she has to make an oath because we don't know what exactly he meant and she would have to swear that it means this side or that side. Is that she does not have to make a swear. We now have the fourth difference between the two schools. If a person uh, tells witnesses, I want you to write and sign a deed of gift and give this uh, to the recipient. Uh, so he's giving instructions to someone so that he can give a gift. Now, if they make an acquisition with a Kenyan Sudar, then they don't have to go and ask him again. So this um, a Kenyan Sudar is an exchange like nowadays we do with a Ketubah. Uh, that we require the groom to pick up a pen or something, and by that he acquires it. This one's a little different. This in this one you're doing a kinyan sudar, an exchange, um, uh, 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 effectuating a, uh, a, a an exchange by this type of acquisition to a messenger rather than to the person who's acquiring it. Sometimes people do this nowadays when they are authorizing the rabbi to sell their chametz. They're not selling their uh, chametz to the rabbi, but rather authorizing the rabbi to sell it to a non-Jew before Pesach. Um, but uh, some people will uh, today um, have the uh, the person will pick up something to show that they are authorizing the rabbi. They're making an acquisition, making a formal act to do that. Okay, so if someone uh, is going to give a gift and is going to give a gift through them through a messenger, so the best thing for him to do is to do a formal acquisition by picking something up, showing here I am authorizing you to do that. And if he does make that formal acquisition, then the messenger does not have to go back and ask the gifter any other questions. Uh, let's say the, the recipient says, oh, can you write a document? He can go and write a document because he has that authorization. But here's the question: If the gifter told the messenger, "Go and give uh, send, give this gift," but he didn't do a formal act of picking up a pen or something, Pumpedita said it's the same thing. Since he told him he wants to give a gift, once he give, once he told him that, then he's authorized to go ahead and continue and do that and even write a document based on it. However, in said they say that if the recipient says, "Oh, I need a, I need a written document," he has to go back and ask because he wasn't completely authorized through that type of uh, formal act. In this case, the halacha is like that. He, if you don't, if you don't do a formal act. You have to go and consult again. All right. All this was related to Benin Dichrin, which was the first one. But then we brought the other ones that are uh, also machlokot between these two places. We continue with the Mishnah that said the Bialazab ben Azariah says that if they they were married uh, and then the 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 marriage ends, so surely then the husband will have to pay all of the amount, the base amount plus the added amount. But if they only had kiddushin. And then, according to Bilaz ben Azariah, the husband has to pay only the hundred or two hundred, does not have to pay the additional sum. Itmar. Rav verebi natan. Chadamar halacha kerebi Elazar ben Azariah. Chadamar en halacha kerebi Elazar ben Azariah. We know that Rav and Rebbe Natan have a machloket about this. We're not sure who says what, but we know one of them does follow Rebbe Elazar ben Azariah. He does not have to pay the full, the added amount after Kiddushin. And the other says, halacha does not follow him, but rather Tanakama that 
the husband has to pay the full amount, even if they only had Kiddushin. Now, can we figure out who says which? Must be Rabbi Natan is the one that does agree that Halakha is like Rabbi Elazar doesn't have to pay the whole thing. Because we're going about to show a source that Rabbi Natan, in general, says we follow uh, an assumption, an assumption about the state of mind of what a person would want. Even if a person doesn't say explicitly what they want, are we allowed to kind of read between the lines and read in and think, uh, probably we can assume he would have wanted this and act upon it, or can we not do that? The Binatan says we can act upon it. And therefore, in this, in this case also, we're about to quote the, the source, but the application for Ketubah is, even though he wrote from now, sometime between the Kiddushin and Nisuin, he's writing the Ketubah and saying he's going to pay the extra $10,000, but even though he didn't say explicitly, we can assume he would only want that payout to be after they were fully married. And if he dies before Nisuin and there's only Kiddushin, then most likely he would not want that pay. He doesn't want to give all that money when they weren't even fully married. And so therefore, he would say, Now, where do we see that he, he follows the assumption of a person's state of mind? Misukan, someone in danger. Uh, full case, it doesn't say here is, if someone writes, says to a messenger, write a get for my wife then the messenger can write the get, but he can't give it because he didn't authorize him to give it. Until he says, write and give a get to my wife, he has to explicitly say both of those steps. Those are important. However, if the person is dangerously ill, and then, and he says, write a, gift to, write, write a get for my wife, and he dies, and he never said to give it, we can assume that he would want this to have given also, it to be given as well. That would be to save her from Yibum, make her life easier. And so we can give it even though he didn't say it. Uh, so you see, that's one example where the Binatan does make an assumption about a person's state of mind and we act upon it, even though from the letter of his words, uh, we wouldn't be able to. Another case that he happens, Binatan happens to talk about is Tirumatma Ser Shel Demai, where also we can access um, a person's state of mind. Well, in this case, we're actually asking him explicitly. Um, uh, in Ama'aretz, usually they took Tiruma, but they wouldn't necessarily take Maaser, and certainly not Tirumat Maaser. If you take Maaser, give it to the Levi, then um, a tenth of that tenth has to be given to the Kohen. So if you have Demai, which is, we're not sure. Some Ama'aretz, most of them do take everything that's needed, but some don't. And so, to be machmir, the rabbi said, if you have demai, you should take the maaser and the tirumat maaser. What if a person did that? He took it, he took it, the tirumat maaser, but then the tirumat maaser fell by mistake back into the mixture, and there was not enough in the whole mixture to nullify it. And then that, and now, and now, since there is some tirumat maaser, which, which can only be eaten by a kohen in there, so the whole thing can only be eaten by a kohen, which is going to limit its value. This is a problem. Now, uh, if we knew for sure it was Tirumat Maser Felin, okay, it's prohibited. Yeah, only a Kohen could eat it. But since it was Demai in the first place, and probably
probably he did take he did take the maaser already and the tumat maaser already and gave it separated it uh, it's not here therefore binatan says we can ask him hey did you take the tumat maaser before in most cases we don't go and ask him because just take it yourself what's the big deal you're just taking a little bit but here we would lose out on the entire mixture so he says we can go ask him and rely on his statement to uh, to be believed whether he did or not Okay, so the point here is that Rav Natan um, does follow a halacha that we follow that we follow the assumption of a person's state of mind. If he's on his deathbed, if he said just give a get, he gives it and just write a get, we can give it also. And so to here, even though the husband is not right in the ketubah, I only want the 10,000 to be given after Nisuin, not after Kiddushin. Even though he didn't say so explicitly, we can assume that's what, that's what he wanted, and therefore Rabbi Natan agrees with the Elazar ben Azariah. But then we say not so fast. This is assuming that Rav would not make assumptions about a person's state of mind. But we're about to quote a halacha where Rav also does. We have, a, in order to transfer something, if someone is healthy, they need to do a formal act. They can't just say so. Um, uh, you know, I, that land is yours. No, you can't just say so. You have to do something in order to acquire it. Uh, one typical way, easy way of acquiring it is with a kinyan sudar, a symbolic exchange with a pen, a handkerchief, that is lifted up and uh, that's showing, yes, I really want to give this to you. Um, now, that's one way for a healthy person. Someone who's on his deathbed, since he's not going to have time necessarily to go ahead and do this, and when, whatever someone says on his deathbed is probably very serious about it. So something that's even orally said on a deathbed also has the power to make a transfer. Now, what if a person confusingly does both? He's gonna give, he gives a gift on his deathbed, and he also makes a Kinyan Sudad. Here it says that he wrote the Kinyan Sudad. The idea of a Kinyan Sudad is that it makes it so official that you would actually write it down. Uh, so he does both. Um, what, do we, what do we do with that? Is that better than, you know, even better, double the power? Or is this just confusing? Maybe the fact that he did a Kinyan Sudad shows that he does not want it to be effectuated as a, uh, as a, a gift of, a, of a, someone on his deathbed. The difference would be that if someone gives a gift on his deathbed but gets better, he can take it back. Whereas if he did a Kenyan Sudad, he would not be able to get to take it back. So that's the question. If he does both, Rav says this has double the power. It's like riding a chariot with two horses to pull it. Even if one is uh, is slow, the other one will also, will still pull it fast. And so this has the benefit of both types of Kinyan according to Rav. Um, uh, Shmuel says, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what he meant. I can't assume that he wanted it to have power of two. I don't know. But Rav says, I can assume. He did it on purpose because he wanted the power of two things. So you see, Rav here does follow the, uh, the assumption of what we think a person had in mind. Uh, let's explain further what they say. Rav said we give it the power of two horses, meaning has the full effect of a healthy person who does a kinyan um, act and the oral statement of someone on his deathbed, and each has separate powers, has both. 
has both the power of someone who gives uh, as a healthy person with a formal acquisition and someone who gives orally on their deathbed. And what's the difference? has the benefit of being someone who's uh, healthy that if he gets better, then um, he cannot change his mind because he did the formal act of acquisition with a sudar. So that is a, that makes it stronger than if it was only an oral uh, statement on his deathbed where if he got better, he could change his mind. So it has that benefit, that strength that he can't change his mind. It's also has the benefit of uh, the, the force of an oral statement on a deathbed. She'im amad. Usually with a Kenyan Sudad, you can use that for objects or land, but you can't transfer a loan to that. Transferring a loan is, you know, he owes it to me, he'll owe it to you instead of like signing a check over to someone else that we can't do nowadays, but used to be able to do. Um, you cannot use a Kenyan Sudad for that, but oral statement of a sick uh, of a person on his deathbed does work for that. And so, because he did both, it can has the strength of both um, uh, types of transfer, according to Rav. Ushmael says, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what he meant. Maybe he meant only to transfer it with the bill of sale. Bill of sale here means the kinyan that he does with a sudad that he would write down, and in that case, it only is is only ineffective while he's alive, not after he's dead. In other words, maybe uh, he did the act, uh, he did the kinyan, and by doing the kinyan, he's showing that he only wants it to be effectuated through the kinyan and not as a deathbed sale and so a deathbed transfer, and therefore the deathbed trans- transfer does not work. And the other one did not happen until he died, and now he's dead. And so it does not work. So I don't know which one it is. Uh, And I can assume that it uh, has the power of both. So, Uh, So what we see from that is that Rav also follows a person's intent. And we assume he did both because he wanted to have the power of both. And so both Rav and Rav Natan... Uh, have the law of we assess a person's intention. And since they both uh, agree to that halacha in general, both of them would apply it here and say that the, a, a man generally will not want to give his, um, gift his wife, the, uh, give his wife this extra $10,000 if they weren't, didn't have nisuin and only kiddushin. So now we have to explain whoever we don't we don't know we now we can no longer uh, distinguish who said what but we have to explain one of them why they would disagree. One who says we follow Ben Azariah that makes sense because we follow the person's intention and the person's intention would not want would not he would not want to give the added amount of the ketubah to someone he's not married to fully married to but we can't explain it even the one who says we don't we do not follow is also making an assumption about the person's intention why did he promise that added amount of ketubah, in order to uh, bring her mind closer to him. Uh, if by, by, by writing down in the ketubah, I'm going to give you an 
an extra $10,000. She's like, wow, wow, look how much he, he loves me. And she will, um, uh, she will be more closely connected to him, uh, feel, uh, feel, feel more, more love to him. And that took effect. It worked. In other words, right, she will ha- already have that attitude and show him that new attitude from the time of, of the writing of the document, even before the Nisuin. So since the man's intention in adding a large amount, a larger amount to the Ketubah is not only because after Nisuin, then he wants to, then he wants to take care of her. He wants to do, he wants to show his commitment even beforehand in order to receive her love in return. And therefore, um, uh, he, his intention is that the payout should happen even after Kiddushin and before Nisuin. So everyone, uh, so we can explain both Rav and and Rabinatan, whoever said which one, we're not sure, but we can explain both sides uh, with the assumption that we can uh, uh, read a person's intent and people have different intents. Some people intend only to give the big payout after Kidney Suin. Some people will have the intent to want to have the payout given even before Nisuin because already that commitment will uh, engender greater love uh, in the couple.